Shalom and welcome back to another episode of Israel Policy Pod. I'm Eli Koaz in Tel Aviv. And I'm Evan Gottesman. Well, I'm actually not in Tel Aviv, Evan, but let's not, we can get into that. But you're back, you're back in Israel. You're not in Vancouver anymore. Back in Israel. Back in Israel and almost done my mandatory uh, two weeks of quarantine. Um, But so this week we are talking, um, obviously today is July 1st. Uh, a very important day for me personally, as a Canadian, Canada Day, but also supposed to be Annexation Day. One hundred fifty-three years since Confederation, right? Yes, and let's hope. I, I mean, I hope that this day will be remembered as Canada Day, and it looks like it won't be remembered as Annexation Day, which we originally uh, maybe maybe we thought a few months ago. Um, but we're joined today by a special guest. Uh, he is the new CEO of uh, Darkenu, um, an organization uh, that works to um, engage the moderate majority um, in in favor of uh, separation um, from the Palestinians and securing a future a Jewish and democratic Israel. We are joined by Yaya Fink. Um, so Yaya is the new CEO of Darkenu. Um, he's the, the founder of Lobby 99, uh, a member of the Public Council for Reconciliation. And formerly, he also served as executive director of the Good Neighbor Association and as chief of staff for the leader of the opposition in the Knesset. Yaya, thank you so much for, for joining us. Thank you for inviting me. So, Yaya, let's, um, we'll get into uh, Darkenu and everything Darkenu is doing uh, right now. Um, in terms of on, on the annexation issue and on other issues, but maybe we'll start about just about yourself. Uh, I said a few things in your bio, but tell us a bit uh, about your background. So I was born and raised in uh, Jerusalem. Um, I'm part of the, let's say, modern Orthodox community. Um, and uh, I was a paratrooper in the IDF, an officer. Uh, till these days, I do lots of uh, reserve days, uh, maybe something like 30 days a year um, as a combat uh, officer. Um, I had my my MBA from the Hebrew University, and I did, as you said, a few positions of a CEO of different uh, NGOs. And I was also the head of the staff or chief of staff of the head of the opposition like five or six years ago. Um, so I did a few, let's say, roles also in the civil field and also in the political arena. And in the bottom line, I think that uh, politics is uh, not the goal. The goal is uh, ideology. And I think that politics is like a tool uh, to promote your goal. And my main goal in life is to, uh, to let's say, convince people that Judaism, as a religious Jew, that Judaism doesn't belong to the right wing. And that Judaism, the most, uh, let's say, popular verse in the Bible, is that we need to remember that we were strangers in Egypt and that we need to know how to treat uh, minorities and to, uh, let's say, uh, lessen the gap, the social gaps, and different different Jewish values, um, so to bring them to the, display them and bring them to the the table here in Israel. So that's my main goal, to 
to fight about the about Judaism and to bring a more uh, let's say uh, moral um, seeking peace and uh, social justice from the Jewish uh, value. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of ideology, what is the mission and you know, guiding principles behind the organizations that you've worked with, whether it's Darkenu or the organization that you helped to found, Lobby 99? And why are those missions important to you? So we have, let's say, four main, um, let's say, principles. Uh, the first one is... Um, this is Darkenu, right? Yeah, yeah, Delcano has four principles, but I think all my, let's say, the different NGO that I or founded or with the CEO, so all of them are all, they have all, all the principles or part of them, let's say Lobby 99 is only in the social, uh, socioeconomic arena, but uh, I'll, I will talk about Delcano because this is a little bit more like broad. We talk about all the the issues that are uh, on the let's say on the table in the, in Israel today. So the first one is as a Jew and as a uh, Democrat, I think that uh, Israel uh, cannot um, be a binational state. I think that that will be the end of the Zionist dream because if we annex and today is a good day to talk about annexation. If we annex um, territories and observe millions of Palestinians, so there is only two, let's say, options. Or stop being a Jewish uh, state, or the end for Israel as a democratic state. And I want Israel, as a a Zionist and as a Jew, I want Israel to keep on being also a Jewish state and also a democratic state. So our first, let's say, mission is to separate from the Palestinians. They need to be there uh, with a uh, their, let's say, country and people, and we need to be here um, with our people. And so that's, I think, the first mission of uh, the Kenu, and we're um, fighting um, for that. The second is to um, to let's say guarantee Israel as a uh, strong democracy with a uh, stronger uh, um, democracy institutions and to see that uh, we have a a stronger judicial system and uh, lots of the, let's say, different uh, democratic institutions are under attack uh, in the last uh, few years because of the three indictments against uh, Netanyahu. So our second mission is to see that uh, we protect uh, Israel as a uh, strong democracy. Uh, our third mission is, as I said, uh, to fight for social justice. Uh, we don't want Israel to be um, one of the first countries in the world in gaps between rich and poor people. And we think that we need to, let's say, narrow the, the gaps. And our fourth mission is, uh, or fourth principle, is uh, to fight um, for Israel as a pluralistic uh, country. Um, I don't think that as a as an Orthodox, I don't think that the Judaism belongs only to the art Orthodox sect. Um, and I think that we need to have a more pluralistic country that allows uh, civil marriage and uh, even a limited uh, public trans- 
transportation on weekends. I think that uh, if we, let's say, lessen the religious uh, coercion, uh, we could be a more Jewish state because religious coercion um, is is bad also for the state, but also for Judaism and people are afraid from coercion. So that's, let's say, our main four principles and that's the, the reason we, we fight for. All important objectives for people who believe in a more uh, democratic Israel. And I should clarify also for our American listeners, when you say you're a Jew and a Democrat, you mean a small d Democrat. Following up on your goals and objectives for your organization, Darkenu, how do you work to achieve or advance those goals with your organization? Um, so we're a grassroots movement. Uh, we have uh, branches all over Israel. Uh, we have more than 350,000 Israelis that are registered in the Kenu. And we work, uh, let's say, bottom up. There's lots of organizations that work from up down. Um, and we we work from the Israeli society, from the different uh, towns, from the universities, from the campuses, um, so we work bottom up uh, and we uh, have a very strong, let's say, social media um, platforms. Uh, we also established just um, six or seven weeks ago a new, um, almost a new TV channel in Israel. We call it the Democrat TV uh, because we want to fight for our values and we want more Israelis to hear about not only about Dalkenu, but about Dalkenu's value. And that's hosted we, by Lucy Arish, correct? Yeah, exactly. We succeeded in bringing... I offered Lucy to be the host of our virtual demonstration we did uh, in the middle of the corona uh, crisis. And more than 830,000 people uh, took part. As, uh, Facebook said that more than 830,000 people uh, took part in our virtual demonstration to protect uh, our, let's say, uh, judicial system. And I asked Lucy to be the host of the virtual demonstration on um, the last uh, March. And she agreed, but she said, Yaya, I'm afraid that if I will come to the demonstration, so I will be fired. And I told her, no chance. It's only a demonstration for democracy and for the judicial system, not anything like really political. And she said, okay, I hope you're right. So she hosted a demonstration. And 12 hours after we finished a very successful demonstration, so they fired Lucy from uh, from the Tagit, from the public, um, let's say, um, press. Yeah, public broadcaster. Yeah. Yeah, so for those people that don't know, just Lucy Arish is an Arab-Israeli news anchor, a reporter, television host, and actress. And she's, um, I think she was the first Muslim Arab news presenter on mainstream Hebrew language Israeli Israeli TV. Very uh, famous in Israel. She's married to an actor, Tzachi Halevi, who's also in Fada, for all those people that, that watch that show. So just so our, so our listeners are aware. Uh, so next time you need to talk with Tzachi. But um, but um, so so I think that um, I was pretty shocked. I know that. Um, so I decided to um, to keep my promise, and I told Lucy that we're going to bring her back 
uh, on air. And we succeeded in a few weeks to uh, build door. We're doing it uh, like um, under, let's say, crowdfunding. Uh, we have more than uh, 2,300 people already in our uh, monthly crowdfunding. Uh, we have like about uh, $40,000 a month from 2,300 people. And uh, we brought uh, Lucy back to air and we we founded the Democrat TV. It's um, displayed every day between uh, 6 and 7 p.m., uh, here in Israel on social media, on Facebook, Twitter, uh, YouTube, and the different channels. And it like lives all all around because it's everything is on social media. And more than 2 million people, we have more than 2 million views in just um, a month and a half. So it's pretty successful. And Lucy is doing a great job. And um, very big names already came to to be part of the Democrat TV. Um, Yair Lapid and Ehud Barak and Yuval Diskin and the Supreme Court, uh, Dalia Dorner and, uh, and different uh, actors and uh, uh, members of, uh, of the government. And so, so we're doing, it's pretty hard to do a daily show, but uh, it's going, uh, it's pretty successful. And I also invite I invite you and the people that hear us uh, to come and be part of the Democrat TV. You could come on Facebook and listen and see it and uh, and uh, fund it. And it's a really like a crowdfunding and a uh, social like movement that is happening now here in Israel. Very very impressive for sure, especially because. I don't know how big crowdfund. I know crowdfunding is very big in North America, but in Israel, it's not. I don't think it's as big. And getting that, getting something up and started that quickly is obviously very impressive, especially during a time when you have a million uh, Israelis who are unemployed. Um, and so that transitions nicely into another uh, rally that you guys put together last week. Um, this was not a virtual rally. This was an in-person rally. And it was, I forget the exact title of the rally, but I think it was a million unemployed Israelis stand up against annexation um, or something of that nature. Exactly. Was that it? Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Great. Exactly. great. So can you tell us a bit more about that rally and uh, like the thinking uh, behind it? And also, I mean, I'm sure uh, organizing a rally under uh, the COVID-19 coronavirus uh, restrictions, obviously different than I'm sure any rally that you've organized in the past. So can yeah. you tell us a bit about that? Yeah, it's pretty hard to organize any rally in Robin Square here in Tel Aviv, but specifically under the corona crisis and the police. Uh, um, so so it, it's hard. It was challenging, let's say. Um, but I think that uh, we don't have a, let's say, even um, we, we let's say we have to do it. We don't have a moral uh, option to sit and on the, let's say, fence and not do anything when we talk about uh, annexation. Because, again, I think that annexation is uh, the end uh, of Israel as a Jewish and a democratic state, because if we will be here one state for two people, so it's the end of the Zionist dream. And it's also funny because um, 
you know, the right wing, let's say, camp, uh, they, 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 they call themselves a so-called a national camp. And uh, I saw that a few weeks ago, not in our rally, but in a previous rally uh, that a leftist organization uh, organized. So there were a few Palestinian flags uh, in Robin Square. And lots of people um, said, hey, we don't like Palestinian flags uh, in Robin Square. And I'll tell you that I do, I too, I don't want Palestinian flags in, in, in Tel Aviv or in Israel. But I asked the right wing camp, if you are so afraid from Palestinian camp um, flags in Robin uh, Square, why do you want to move Israel into a binational state? That will be the end. Our problem won't be a few Palestinian flags. Our problem will be millions, maybe four million of Palestinians that will be part of Israel. And we will not be any more Israel. We'll be maybe Palestinian Israel. And we will be a minority here in the Jewish state. So, and then we will, um, that will be again the, the end of our Zionist dream. So I think that they're not the national camp, maybe they're the binational camp. And I think that we need to fight um, um, to protect uh, Israel as a Jewish and a democratic state. And of course, under the maybe most uh, difficult um, economic uh, crisis uh, that we have here, about a million uh, unemployed and uh, hundreds of thousands of self-employees that are crashing, it's not the right time to annex and to uh, the annexation is going to cost, it depends who you ask, but between 40 and 70 billion shekels. And um, I think that we need that money to rebuild the Israeli economy. And I think that uh, it's not any time is not the time for annexation, but specifically now for sure. And I prefer them to take the money and to give it to the unemployed or to the self-employed or to the small businesses and not to annexation. So our rally in Rabin last week, and also we had a few smaller ones in the last few days, including today by the Knesset, is uh, to say... Uh, no to annexation, and yes to Israel as a Jewish and a democratic state, and no to annexation, and yes to um, the million unemployees and to bring them back to work. Definitely um, an important message. Um, I wanted to to ask you about um, just taking it more to the political arena. Benny Gantz similarly said yesterday in one of his first uh, public interviews uh, since uh, since joining uh, the government, that a million uh, Israeli unemployed Israelis they don't even know like they don't care about annexation they don't even know kind of in line with um, the rally but at the same time uh, a lot of people are saying that Gantz uh, may let Netanyahu go forward with annexation or people are questioning how much power or say he has as part of the government. You had a brief spell um, in Israeli, um, in the actual, in the political arena. I forget which round of elections it was because there were so many, but you were pretty high up on the labor list. Um, 
now your party um, or what was your party um, is in, or at least two thirds of it, um, Amir Peretz and Itzik Shmuley are in the government, a government that may go forward with, with annexation. Um, obviously, I know that they are not supporters, Shmuley and Peretz in particular, but are you optimistic that they can have any influence in, in stopping this? And I mean, I don't want to get too into detail here because I know this isn't what you're doing right now, but are you optimistic that in the political arena with the public pressure, there's enough to uh, stop annexation? Um, so first of all, I did, I, I was against um, going, let's say, into Netanyahu's government um, because I don't think that we need to uh, be under a government with a prime minister under three indictments. Um um, so it's not even a, a, let's say, an issue of right or left. It's just the basic uh, um, value, justice values. So that's um, the first comment. Uh, about annexation, I think that um, Gantz is exactly, and also different ministers are exactly on our message that we're, let's say, um, rallying and campaigning in the last month that now is not the time for annexation. And I think that uh, also Gantz and also Ashkenazi and Peretz and Shmuli and maybe almost all of the blue and white ministers are against annexation. Um, but if there's one, um, let's say, mission for them or one reason to just their um, going into Netanyahu's government is to fight against annexation, but not only um, let's say um, in statements on press, but um, but just um, fighting it on on the ground. I hope that they will succeed. I know that it's very important for the Americans to have here like a united that also blue and white and also um, Netanyahu would be on the same page. Um, so I think they're doing. I know it's not very popular to to say it now here in Israel, but I think that they're trying to do their best to avoid, um, uh, let's say, an, as an annexation plan. And I think they're our best uh, chance. Um, so I don't know, I don't think they're, they're let's say, they have a, a hand on the steer wheel, but I think that it will, It's most of it is about Trump and Netanyahu and not about um, blue and white. But I think that they're trying to do their best to, to let's say, put as many obstacles as they can in the annexation uh, wheels. So at the beginning of this podcast, you mentioned that you come from what you described as a modern Orthodox background. First of all, I would be curious to know what you mean by that in the Israeli context, where the definitions of different denominations may be different from what our American listeners are familiar with. Evan, North American, North American listeners, it's Canada Day. Come on. I'm sorry. I want to. I want to include all countries and dominions in the scope of our uh, listenership. In any case, secondly, I want to know. You know, being a religious Israeli Jew on the Israeli left or center left is not necessarily a common thing. So how do you think that impacts the way you engage 
with uh, some of the religious Zionists, Dati Leumi, and some of the more ideological settlers who believe the entire land of Israel belongs to the Jewish people by divine right when you were talking about um, some sort of partition of the land. Yeah. So um, in Israel, we have lots of, let's say, sects and... Um, I'm part of the Orthodox community here in Israel, but the, also the Orthodox community has different sects, I think, also as you have. Um, and uh, the modern Orthodox are, let's say, I think maybe, I don't know, 20% uh, of the Orthodox community here in Israel. Um, they're based in Jerusalem, in Givat Shmuel, Ranana, and uh, different moderate uh, let's say cities uh, in the most of them in the center of Israel. Um, we believe that uh, there is no, let's say, um, dispute between uh, our religious um, um, faith and democracy, and uh, we think that um, um, that Judaism is for also for that all people were born under God's, let's say. Um, like don't know part, and and we think that uh, um, that we could fight for social justice and for women rights and for and for peace, and and it it takes me to your second, let's say, uh, question. I think that um, you're right, and most of the um, the let's say religious. Uh, Jewish uh, Israelis are part of the right-wing parties. Um, but if you, let's say, um, go back to our, even to the Bible, so you find lots of uh, verses I talked already about, the most popular verse that we are not, um, that we need to remember that we were strangers in Egypt. That's a pretty left-wing, uh, let's say, platform. And that most popular word in the prayers, I prayer every day, is uh, seeking after peace. And that peace is a very Jewish, let's say, value. Um, so that also sounds to me a pretty lefty, let's say, platform. And that we need to protect the needies and to see that we don't have a big, let's say, socioeconomic uh, gaps. So I think that uh, you could find lots of uh, left, let's say, values in Judaism. Uh, I know that it's not very popular here in Israel, but it's it wasn't it wasn't um, exactly, um, let's say, a few decades de decades ago. There were a let's say a strong uh, ties between the re religious Zionist and the Labour Party. Um, now it's not, it's not, uh, today the religious here in Israel are pretty even extreme right, but I think that we could, uh, let's say, move it to a, another direction uh, again, because I do think that the basic uh, Jewish values, uh, or let's say you could even talk about the land or the soil, I think that the land of Israel is very holy and it's very important. But in if you know and read and learn Judaism, you know that more important than the sanctity of uh, of of land is the sanctity of uh, of life. And um, 
So I think that we we need to go back to our basic values and then we could find that uh, that Judaism is, doesn't belong to the right wing platform. I hope that you were successful in bringing in that perspective into your work and the work that you're doing with other Israelis, because this is an important time, as Eli mentioned at the beginning of this episode. July 1st is the first day on which formal deliberations can begin on, um, on West Bank annexation under the coalition agreement between Likud and Kachol An important clarification, it's not the only day it can happen. So just because nothing happens today and you know we're coming to the evening in Israel, so uh, likely that no big news will come out necessarily today, this is still an issue that's going to be on the table. So it looks like you have your work cut out for you, Yaya. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Israel Policy Pod. I will say for the uh, thank you for inviting me, and I will say that also in the last recent weeks, I I spoke with many former senior security officers, head of the Shin Bet Mossad generals, and all of them, all of them without exception, oppose annexation. So my bottom line, let's say, of this interesting podcast is that I think that the annexation is also anti-Jewish, is also anti-Zionist. And is also against the security of Israel, and that's what's important for us, also for me specifically, and also for us in uh, in Dalkeno. And uh, again, thank you for inviting me today. Absolutely, and and of course, what you mentioned that is a perspective that we at Israel Policy Forum know well because we work very closely with Commanders for Israel Security, an organization I'm sure you're familiar with, with nearly 300 retired high-ranking generals from the IDF, from the Mossad, Shin Bet, and the Israel police. And some of them uh, joined us on a recent program that we had, The Road Ahead, Leading Responsibly for Israel's Future, which is our special virtual event with uh, former American national security figures, former Israeli national security figures, American Jewish community figures. That was last week, but if you missed any part of that, I encourage all of our listeners to check that out, you can find it on our website. When you go to www.israelpolicyforum.org, there's a big flashing button at the top that says watch now. If you click it, you can do just that. And uh, I hope you all take the time to check that out. So with that, that brings us to the end of another episode of Israel Policy Pod. Be well, be healthy. Happy Canada Day. Thanks, Evan. And thank you, Yaya. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Be well. Be well.